Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews Jr., and our text today from Deuteronomy chapter 26 is a bit of a shift in gears for us. We've been going through a, a whole long series of laws that God has given to his people, and this really is the conclusion of that section. We begin the reading. When you come into the land that Yahweh your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground, which you harvest from your land that Yahweh your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket, and you shall go to the place that Yahweh your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare today to Yahweh your God that I have come into the land that Yahweh swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of Yahweh your God. And you shall make response before Yahweh your God. A wandering Aramean was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to Yahweh, the God of our fathers, and Yahweh heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And Yahweh brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O Yahweh, have given me. And you shall set it down before Yahweh your God, and worship before Yahweh your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that Yahweh your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. When you have finished paying all the tithe of your produce in the third year, which is the year of tithing, giving it to the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat within your towns and be filled. Then you shall say before Yahweh your God, I have removed the sacred portion out of my house, and moreover I have given it to the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandment that you have commanded me. I have not transgressed any of your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten of the tithe while I was mourning, or removed any of it while I was unclean, or offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the voice of Yahweh my God. I have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven, and bless your people Israel, and the ground that you have given us, as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. This day Yahweh your God commands you to do these statutes and rules. You shall therefore be careful to do them with all your heart and with all your soul. You have declared today that Yahweh is your God and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes and his commandments and his rules and will obey his voice. And Yahweh has declared today that you are a people for his treasured possession as he has promised you and that you are to keep all his commandments and that he will set you in praise and in fame and in honor high above all the nations that he has made and that you shall be a people holy to Yahweh your God, as he promised. This is the word of the Lord. The chapter starts with the word of God's provision for his people. Here again we have the reminder, as we've seen several times in this section, 
that God provided for them. He gave them the promised land. This is a land that was a gift from God to his people. It's also a fulfillment of a promise that God made. The tithe then is connected to it is a call to trust. Trust in the Lord. He did this for you. He provided for you in the first place. He will continue to provide for you. It's similar language for us with the tithe today. Can we trust that the Lord will provide for us? Even if we give off the top of our income, if we give the first things that we receive, do we trust that God will continue to provide? That's one of the two main things that tithing is about. We'll see the other one later in the chapter here as well. There's a reference to the place that Yahweh would choose um, in the beginning period of their time wandering in the wilderness and then out into the promised land. That's the tabernacle. Uh, it will eventually become the temple that God has Solomon construct for him. The second paragraph recalls the promise that God made back in Genesis chapter 12. The wandering Aramean, Abraham was my father. And it reflects really on the, the whole of Genesis and Exodus, that God made this promise that he would make Abraham into a mighty nation, and God fulfilled this promise. And then in Egypt, they were mistreated. They were slaves and servants, and they cried out to God. They repented of their sins. They asked the Lord to help. They trusted that he would, and he did. God brings about the ten plagues. Um, in order that, as you see in Egypt, uh, Exodus chapter 7, verse 5, that the Egyptians even would believe um, and that they would acknowledge that he alone is the true God. So the plagues had multiple purposes, but primarily for Israel, the plagues were the sign of redemption. In fact, Exodus most frequently refers to the plagues as signs rather than plagues. Signs are even miracles that God was performing. So God brought them out. He redeemed them from their slavery. He bought them back with his work and his hand. And then he kept his promise. He continued to fulfill them, making them into a nation, making them um, this people that could not be numbered or should not be numbered. David gets in trouble for that as king of Israel later. And then also he kept his promise again and again. We see a pattern here that reflects our life as well. Um, we see the idea that God gives a promise. We live a life that is filled with suffering. The Lord redeems us from our suffering under sin, death, and the devil by the blood of his own son, Jesus. And the Lord keeps that promise that he had made. The Israelites called it the promised land. We can use that phrase too. The promised land that we have been given now is the idea of the new heaven and new earth, a paradise where Jesus has already gone to prepare a place for us. As that paragraph wraps up, verse 11 gives you a good question for your children. You shall rejoice in all the good that Yahweh your God has given to you and to your house. Ask your kids, what has God given to us? What, what has he given our family? What's he given you? What's he given our community? Ultimately, the answer is everything. We have nothing apart from Christ. But explore the question together. The next paragraph, then, we learn really the second purpose for the tithe. So we mentioned the first is that we trust in the Lord above all things. Above our finances, we trust that the Lord is the one who actually is providing for us. The second purpose here is what the tithe is then used for. 
the tithe was used to care for the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. So the Levite is the priest, the one who cares for God's house um, and all the sacrificial offerings. Today's best equivalent to that today is your pastor. Not a a one-to-one correlation there, but there's some overlap in what they do. Those who work in the church to care for the church and to bring God's word to you. The sojourner is a reference to all of those who are, again, without an actual home themselves. They're traveling. They're in a place that is not their own. The fatherless, uh, often referred to as orphans in the Old Testament text as well. And then the widow. The, so we've got both the fatherless and the widow, the, the people who don't have a head of the household. They don't have the man working, uh, working the ground to provide for his family. These are the groups that the tithe supports. You give of your produce so that those who don't have any can receive uh, food that they need. God is making use of you. He is working through you to provide for these other people as well. And then the idea of the sacred portion, the tithe is sacred, it's holy, is what that word means. And holy means to be set apart. The tithe is set apart. We, we aren't to use it, and we get a list here. We don't use it for um, eating or r- removing it for uncleanness or, or the random phrase, it seems, probably a pagan tradition here of offering food to the dead uh, that was in mind for, the, for Moses when he wrote the text. So we see this tithe uh, again and again through the chapter here, and then the last part of this paragraph is a prayer the Israelites' prayer that God would continue to keep his promise, that God would continue to provide for them. All of this is a call for us as God's people to trust. Another question that we could be asking here of our, of our children, what promises has the Lord made to us? And just like the Israelite then prayed in response to those promises, praying to God that God would keep those promises, praying for God's faithfulness, we can then have that prayer as a family together. Take the list that your children provide and that you add to yourselves and pray that the Lord would keep his promises. Pray that God would be faithful to what his word is for you, the word that he has given to you clearly from the beginning, a word that gives forgiveness, life, and salvation. Pray for those things. And then in our final section, uh, the verse 17, you have declared today. The people declared that God is their God. Yahweh is their Lord, and they will do all that he says. That goes all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 27. That's the declaration the people made at that time. They told Moses... Go near and hear all that Yahweh our God will say and speak to us, all that Yahweh our God will speak to you, and we will hear and do it. In the next 21 chapters are that reflection of all the things that the Lord gave the Israelites to do. It's quite a list. So again, we're changing a little bit here as we move into chapter 27 together tomorrow. As The text wraps up, we are called God's treasured possession and a holy people to Yahweh our God. 
This echoes very nicely to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, where we read, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a treasured possession. God loves you. He gave up his own life to redeem you, to buy you. I mean, thinking of the word treasured and possession here, God bought you with his own blood. He loves you so dearly, and now that makes you holy. You are set apart. You have a purpose and a function. And as Peter nicely shares uh, with us in that text I just read, that function, that purpose that we have as God's people is to share what Jesus has done for us with those around us. So, wonderful text today. I pray God's blessings would be upon you as you continue to trust in the Lord and in his promises for you and your family, and as you share Christ and those promises with your neighbor.